Hello, and welcome to In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, Stated Clerk of the EPC. Our prayer is that God uses Dean and his guests to both inform and inspire you about how God is working in and through the EPC. The motto of our family of churches is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you again, Rachel, as always. And thank you, those of you who have tuned in again for another edition of the EPC's podcast in all things. It's a delight to have you join us for this conversation that we drop every Friday. And I think you'll hear in the story and testimony today that we have a story that transcends denominational lines, transcends cultural lines, transcends all kind of things that normally would barricade us because it's a story of the gospel lived out in a, an individual we're privileged to have work here in the office of the General Assembly. So we're going to be welcoming to our podcast today, Kathy Flores. And Kathy, it's a real delight to have you on In All Things. Hi, well, thank you so much. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's, we're looking forward to the conversation, looking forward to everyone getting to know you. Um, I call Kathy the preacher woman because she, she frequently has the Lord rest upon her and give her this sense that she's supposed to speak some things. And she's a reluctant preacher, which is my favorite kind, because she's compelled to do what the Lord has given her to do. And she recently uh, had a trip uh, with a group of her friends from her church uh, to go to Cuba, and we want to hear about that and her testimony. And I think in her story, you'll hear things of the gospel that you'll be able to connect with and want to be able to share with others. But before we dig into that conversation, just a few notes about uh, In All Things. We have over 8,000 downloads for which we are super grateful and want to be able to thank you for listening and sharing with others and hope that you'll continue to do that, that you'll like us on social, that you'll share it on your social media, that you'll communicate it with others, particularly those who are in your church. Uh, if you're an elder, share it with other elders, deacon with other deacons, people in your family, coworkers. However you get the word out, we think God is doing great things in and through the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and this is one of the platforms to share that good news with others. So this podcast is uh, particularly brought to you by our General Assembly, our 43rd General Assembly. I know you're going to say, what? That happens in June, and this, that's months and months from now. But, you know, we got to start putting these things on our radar screen to kind of mark our calendars and begin to mark out our season in terms of prayer, because this coming General Assembly, the theme called Sharpen at Cherry Hills, Community Church in Denver is going to be really a special General Assembly in that um, there are going to be some new changes coming to this GA. In fact, you'll see on some of the advertisements coming out for it in the next several months, we're referring to it as the Gospel Priority Summit and General Assembly, because we're really going to dig down and focus on this idea of the four gospel priorities that were approved by the General Assembly as a part of our vision statement. Of course, that is global movement, church planning, church health, and effective biblical leadership. And we're going to dig in deeply for the whole denomination around each of those themes and really develop them substantially for everybody who comes. That's going to be an exciting new change. And because it's going to have a bit more of a conference feel with business integrated into it. Uh, we're trying to be good stewards of your time and, and financial resources. We're going to have that assembly now in three days 
versus four days. And so you want to mark your calendars. It's that same third week of, of June to be sure, but we want to mark your calendar for the upcoming time of June 20th, 21st, and 22nd, 2023 at Cherry Hills Community Church in Highlands Ranch, Denver area of Colorado, June 20, 21, and 22. And you want to be there for our Gospel Priority Summit and 43rd General Assembly. Okay, let's get back to the conversation at hand today because she's sitting nervously across the table waiting for us to dig in. Kathy Flores, who works in our benefits department. So if you call in um, and you have questions or concerns or have problems with anything from either your health insurance or life insurance, Kathy may be one of those people that you talk to who directs you to resources to help you figure out what it is that you're dealing with. She really is super helpful in terms of helping to problem solve things and make sure that our benefits program runs smoothly. And we're one of the few denominations out there that still has a benefits program. In fact, most don't have that anymore. But we have a self-funded healthcare plan, uh, which is actually very cost efficient. It's an ethical plan. It adheres to our Christian principles and biblical convictions, and it's ours. It's, it's, it's a self-funded plan. It's internal. And so people like Kathy, you call on the phone, and you get this wonderful sister in Christ who uh, will pray with you even. I mean, she loves to pray. So you're calling because you have a benefit health care question, and you're finding a sister in Christ on the other end of the phone who would, who would love to not only help you, but she would pray with you. And That's just Amen. the kind of person she is. So give us a little bit of your story. Well, thank you, everyone, once again, for taking the time to be here with us and, and hear uh, to what we have to share in the name of the Lord. I was born in Jersey, and I grew up in Connecticut. My family, uh, Puerto Rican family, I came to the Lord older or what part of later Jer- in What life. part of Jersey are you from? Uh, Jersey City. Jersey City, okay. So my dad used to work, like, right down the road. He, he worked in Elizabeth and Linden and Newark, which is right nearby. And I was yes. born in Trenton, uh, but, you know, so I'm wasn't raised in New Jersey. My wife always makes me clarify that. But but uh, you and I talk about that area with sand and water. We call that the shore. Yes. Yeah. So so we, we go to the shore. People in Florida, they go to the beach. The, that's right. That's right. But yes, um, so I grew up in, in, in Connecticut and, and through all my years, um, my uh, younger years, I went through a lot of uh, struggles in my life, um, not having the Lord with me. And after a few attempts of suicide, the Lord spoke to me directly. I think he had spoken to me before, but because I didn't know, I didn't recognize. Um, So after a few attempts, um, the Lord spoke to me where I can clearly hear his voice. And that definitely changed my life. The one you in particular, you were like in a bathroom and you were going to like start a fire, right? Yes. Um, At the age of uh, 14. I was tired of, of everything that I had been going through in my life. This is my uh, third attempt of trying to take my life. I was in a bathroom. I, uh, I used to, one of the things that I hated growing up is that my mom uh, was a heavy smoker. And I wanted to use something that would mark her for, for this attempt. So I grabbed one of her lighters and I went into uh, the bathroom. And I remember um, grabbing one of her lighters and, and starting fire with uh, toilet paper. And as I am in the middle of that uh, process, and forgive me, if I get uh, nervous or if I cry, uh, I can't help. <laughs> sorry, Tear, tears um, are the work of the Holy Spirit, Kathy. So, I mean, if the Lord works in you that way, I think everybody who's leaning in and listening, because there's a lot of people who have been at that place um, where they've considered taking actions like that. So take your time and just share 
from your heart as the Lord gives you to share? Well, as a moment of desperation, I remember being in that bathroom and, and um, grabbing that toilet paper, and I was like, this is going to be it. And at that very moment, I lit up the, the toilet paper, and it was like everything happened so fast, but at the same time, to me, it was like the longest time ever. I remember the uh, toilet paper starting up on fire, and as the toilet paper started on fire, I hear this voice. It, it, it spread out really quickly. And I hear this voice that tells me I have something better for you. And I remember that my instant reaction, I grabbed a hand towel and I started patting the, uh, the fire so that it would stop. And, and I stopped it right then and there. And I got so nervous, so scared. It was a mix of emotions at that time. And I remember um, after the fire is all, I remember stepping out that door of the bathroom and I was repented. But everybody would think you, you repented because uh, you were trying to commit suicide. And in my case, I was repented because I had not done it. I was upset that I had not met my goal. And not only that, mostly because as I stepped out that door, I was confronted again with the reason that brought me into committing um, suicide for a third time. And I started going through situations in my life after that because again I was upset that a third time and I couldn't do it and here I had to be confronting again what I was dealing with throughout my life and as I heard that voice I have something better for you it's like my life started going downhill instead of getting better and the more and more my life started going downhill I was reminded of those words that was told I have something better for you. And I, and I remember I grew up hating the word of God. I grew up hating the walk in Christ because of the things that I had uh, in my childhood, in my upbringings. And I grew up with hatred, knowing that there was a lot of people around me that served the Lord, yet I had to go through so many circumstances. And I was like, if it's true that God exists, why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why do I have to not have food? and go to sleep without food at my table. Um, God has promised you he would have something better for you, but you weren't experiencing that. Right. So uh, the more that um, challenges became in my life, uh, at the age of 15, I, I, was, I stepped out of school and dropped out of school. At 15, 16, I have my daughter. At the age of 17, I have my son. And at the age of 18, I am a mother of two, dropped out of school, I don't know how to drive. I don't have a job. I don't have family that supported me. So it was many things that happened after that, that third attempt. And, and even though I thought that I had, um, you know, when I heard those words, like that kept reminding me, I have something better for you. I kept questioning myself. If it's true that God exists, why now even more these things are happening? But God is good for I am here today to be sharing what God has done in my life. So how did that corner turn for you? How did you come to the Lord? I had, um, as, as my life continued on, I remember raising my kids and I started thinking about the things that I hated from, from my upbringings. And as I realized they came to my life when I had an encounter with God at home, I realized that the things that I hated from my mom, the things that, um, uh, and just a little bit of background, my mom and my dad met and my mom grew up in church and my mom and my father divorced 
And the moment that they divorced, it was like a turn for her. It was like uh, she she got into a major depression. My mom became an alcoholic. Our lives became very unstable. So we had to move. Uh, we moved so many times in our lives. Uh, so many things that we have to face because of her alcoholism, uh, uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse that I had to experience at home. I am the second child of three the only female out of the three of us. So I had to uh, become basically the mother of my of my brothers. For the longest time, the things that I hated from my upbringings because of uh, of the results of her alcoholism and the things that she was going in with her own struggles, I realized that I had become who I hated from her. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that my life was repeating and I was who she was. And my kids were going to be going through the same thing. So the day that I was supposed to be graduating from high school, I remember when I was in school, I was one to be in, in good grades, honor student. And as my life took a turn, everything went down. I realized who I had become. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that mother that I hated from, my, from, my, uh, from myself. And I wanted my kids to have a different mother, especially knowing that my kid's father was not in their lives and that they had nobody, I had to do something for them. And that's where things started taking a turn for me. So I decided to go back to school. And later in years, I completed my GED. In 2000, I went back to school. And um, after completing my GED, I went ahead and, and started college. And as a mother of two, working full time, being single, it was, it was challenging. But in four years later, I was able to complete dual major bachelor's degree and that definitely was a big moment in my life and and finally I felt like I had something for my children that I could offer them life continued on and I uh, continued to school and um, I earned my master's degree and after I earned my master's degree I was like I want to make a move that will be a life-changing one and I decided in 2015 to move to Florida but I remember at this time I I still was not serving the Lord and I remember um, saying to the Lord, I want to move to Florida, but Lord, I want you to take me to a place where I'm going to find a church that I will visit and that I will stay there and grow up in you. At this time, again, I, I knew nothing about the Lord. And I remember moving into Florida. And, and as I moved here, I, uh, we bought our house in St. Cloud. And being in the living room of my house as I was applying for jobs, I had an encounter with God. And I am the, I was the type of person that I loved listening to music. And as I was listening to music, I, I was sipping in a coffee and I was applying for jobs sitting on my living room sofa. And I was listening to uh, music and all of a sudden a song played on YouTube. And this song, it was like something the Lord ministered me through the song. When I realized I was in the ground in, in, my, in my living room and I was crying out. I didn't know why I was crying, but that was an encounter that I had. It was like I cried like I never had cried. And at that time, I felt like something in me was was being clean. Something in me was taken out that I didn't need to have in me anymore. And it was a life changing for me. I didn't realize at that time that I was having an encounter with God. And I was listening to secular music, but um, uh, all of a sudden the song played, and that's where the song played. It was a Christian song that played all of a sudden. I don't know how it happened, but it just happened. And as that song played, it ministered to me, and that's where I had that encounter with God and, and things as of that time, took a turn, an official turn, and I accepted the Lord at home that day. But then that following weekend, I went to church on Sunday, and, and I did it publicly where I accepted the Lord. 
And now you've come to this place where that voice that was spoken to you all those years ago, I have something better for you. Now you're living into that reality of what God has had for you all along. But all of those experiences that God knew was going to happen, he's worked all those things together for good. Yes, well, let me tell you, um, it's been it's been a walk. It's been a walk, and I, I'm enjoying every step out of it. I remember so many times I am the one who does not like to be in cameras, who does not like to be in the microphones. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, as I continue growing in him, I was like, Lord, here I am. Do with me as you please, but please leave me behind the scenes. <laughs> as I, uh, I get nervous when I am in front of people and in front of crowds. But uh, the Lord has wanted otherwise, and he has allowed me experiences in him that I would have never thought that, uh, that I was going to be. I would have never thought that, you know, if you asked me today, or if you asked me back then when I was attempting against my life, I would have never thought that I would be here today sharing what God has done in me and through me. And he has allowed me opportunities to, to give his word in, in ways that I never thought that it would happen. Most recently, I was able to go into this uh, missions trip through through my church. And to me, again, I, I am that type of person that if you ask me to do something in public, I'm like, no, just leave me behind the scenes. As a matter of fact, I'm super nervous here right now. <laughs> but uh, the Lord called me to move out of my comfort zone, and here I am. But you always say yes, Kathy, because I know you're super nervous about that, and you would rather be behind the scenes and answer the phones for BRI. But every time we've asked you to lead devotions, or every time you have this sense that the Lord has given you a word, we we ask you to speak and here you are now uh, on a podcast and you've got the chance to tell a whole lot of other people about this experience you had in Cuba because you went to Cuba once kind of as a tourist and you saw some things there that made you say, okay, I never want to go back to Cuba again because you saw um, some disparities between kind of the culture and the life in which we live and the things that were going on there. And, and, but God has called you back out of your comfort zone again and because someone else stepped out of a trip, you stepped in. You said yes again, and God showed you once again that he had something better for you. Amen. And so tell us a little bit about your experience in Cuba. Well, my experience in Cuba, um, uh, when we get there, uh, first of all, I am with my local church. I, I am part of the worship team. However, that is as far as I, I gone, as far as in public <laughs> kind of deal. And I remember that when I was asked to go into this uh, trip, I was asked to bring a, a reflection of the Word of God, but also I was asked to bring a, a marriage conference. Again, I'm, I'm being the one who is um, doesn't like to be in public. I had to step out of my comfort zone. But also, I didn't want to go to Cuba again because of the experience that I had before. However, God opened my eyes in a different way. And what a way that he opened my eyes. With this trip going there, we were there for a whole week. And um, we, had to, we were able to see Cuba in a different way. At least I was able to see Cuba in a different way. Um, seeing the need, seeing um, you know, how, how people live there, it was very impactful. Um, one of the things that we had to experience is Cuba is very limited as far as the resources that they have available. And, and I want to share the good things, but I also, you know, I just want to, I don't want to focus just on, on, the, on the less good things. Um, you know, they, they have their good things and they have their less good things. So one of the things that, that they struggle with is, is the resources that they have available. You know, the food, most of everything that they have is imported. Those who have 
the financial means to be able to get the resources. They're not able to get the resources because the resources are not available and vice versa. So being there, we were able to see, you know, how, how people struggle with what they were able to find to eat. And, um, you know, thankful we were blessed to, to have what we needed. You said they have a saying there about things in the sea and things in the air. Well, I'm going to quote one of the pastors that we met there is um, saying, he says, you know, when we asked them, what, what do you guys eat? He says, uh, we eat all that flies, but the planes and we eat all in the ocean, but the chips. So that yeah. means that, you know, uh, um, that tells you what, <laughs> what, what, it, how it goes out there. And so um, you saw these long lines of people waiting for food. Right. And you also experienced uh, the fact that in a communist country, people kind of following you or spying on things. And you have to kind of, the way the church gathers is not right. the way it does here. And, and um, so you got to experience that too. Yeah, so going around, uh, one of the things that was um, that I was able to see is the, the huge lines in, in some places. And to me, when I walked by, um, it seemed like our Black Friday uh, lines, you know, people get up in early, 4 o'clock in the morning, they're in the lines waiting for the, the store to open so that they can get the discounts. Well, no, Cuba gets to experience these huge lines in a different way. They have very limited resources, so when they become available, they have these huge lines and everybody's waiting. Sometimes these lines were overnight. You know, if the store closed by the time that it got to their turn, they will stay there until the next day. And just to be able to get the basic needs, you know, be able to get some bread, be able to get some food so that they can buy. And sometimes it happens based on, on what they share with us is that by the time that they get to their turn, there's no more food available. So they would have to, after waiting for how long, they would have to go back empty handed. One thing that marked me there is that, you know, what we call here is a piece of cake. Well, guess what? Not for Cuba. A piece of cake for Cuba is gold. I remember we had a Congress there with the children and, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to find uh, weed or flour, you know, whatever they need to make the cakes, but they don't have those resources. So whenever these children there see a piece of cake, it's a piece of gold for them. The, the expressions in their faces, knowing that there was a piece of cake, what we here think, you know, take it for granted, for them it was gold. Um, another thing there is they have uh, electricity. Uh, three hours a day. The little time that they have is uh, for power. They have to make the best out of it. They don't have the facilities uh, to be watching TV like we do. You know, they have limited TV um, shows and what they can see because the, the, my understanding is based on what was told that the government controls what they can see and how long they can see it. So we were also, as a group, we were, we were planning on bringing different things, you know, clothing and all that. However, we were limited on what we can bring into the, uh, into the island. So we were just limited on bringing a certain amount of food and school supplies. That's all that we were allowed to bring as far as the things that we can bring with us. So it's, it's many challenges that they had to face while they were there. What you were able to bring was you were able to bring the word of God, Amen. and you were, had the opportunity to do that. In fact, at on one occasion, you were you were supposed to give this conference on uh, marriage, and you did. And then they surprised you and said, "Hey, that was great. Um, we have another place we want you to do that." And so you had to share it a second time. But tell us, there was something that happened at that particular conference. I think it was the second one that you yes. did, where there was a couple that was just ordained to be there that you had an encounter with. Could you share that briefly? 
Yes. Well, first thing I want to share the conference that we took, um, that we uh, were able to give. They didn't have very limited spaces, so uh, our church that day where we performed the service was at a nightclub. So we were here sitting in a nightclub, uh, preaching the word of God and bringing the word of God. So you know, it was a different scenario, but we were thankful that we were able to do that. I was able to give that conference on the, on marriage, and the pastor, the people there enjoyed it. And we had a good time. However, it was more impactful the second time because the pastor told me to bring it in a second place. And here at the second place, as I am having the, um, it was the same conference, however, God had a different focus for me at the second conference. At the end of the conference, this couple comes forward and, and says, I want to speak to you. The woman is, is breaking up in tears, and she says to me, my husband and I have been married for three years. And this three years that we've been married, we've been up and down, you know, with, with struggles, and we had uh, broke up. And... We came today here in our separate ways. He came here to see if I was where I told him that I was going to be because I, he didn't believe me, and he showed up. As he showed up, he sat there and listened to the conference, and they both came to me, and she says, through you, God restored our marriage. Today we have come forward. Today we have forgave each other, and they're holding hands as um, they're telling me the story, and she's breaking in tears, and, and I'm like just thankful for what God does. Well, and he is working through you, Kathy, for which we are deeply grateful. And it's from people calling in on the phone who have uh, really dire needs in terms of their health care. You care for them. You provide for them. Or, or saying yes to going to Cuba. I think the story of your life, which is a story that I think others need to hear and, and share. And I hope if you're listening today, you'll indeed share this with others. Because there are other people who've struggled with whether or not they should keep their own life or not. And here's a story of someone who's overcome all of that because God had a message for her. I have something better for you. Amen. And you're living into that reality now, Kathy. And for that, we are deeply, deeply grateful. And thank you. Thank you for being with us today and for sharing your heart. Thank you. I'm very thankful for this opportunity. If you ask me today, what is God doing better for me? I mean, he's still working in me, but I am definitely not the Kathy that I was back then. Today, I am a Kathy that believes in the Lord, that serves the Lord, that is passionate about um, the word of God and sharing what God has done for me and with me and through me. One of the things that I'm excited and 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 able to to share is I, I recently became a chaplain and here with this I am working more I'm like God how do you want to use me what else can I do to be able to serve through the chaplaincy ministry I be able to go into the prisons and bring the word of God there so that is where where my heart is going to so had you asked me back then Kathy what would you do when you grow up <laughs> I didn't think I was going to grow up to begin with but serving the Lord is the best that I've been able to do amen Amen and amen. Well, the Kathy who's across the table for me, I not only like a lot, but I love a lot. And I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. So, all right, my friends, I hope this conversation has been encouraging to you as it has been for me. I hope you'll share it with others. I'm confident there are people in your sphere of influence who need to hear Kathy's story because it's a story of the gospel. She's been blessed to be a blessing and she's come through incredible struggles to see the Lord work mightily through her. And I hope it would be an encouragement you would share with others. As we draw this time to a close, we end always with the good word from God's word. And I'm going to read it in English and then Kathy's going to read it in the heavenly language that is Spanish. Amen. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, my friends, and in him all things, and I mean all things, hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. Amen. Y en la versión en español dice, Él es la imagen del Dios invisible, el primogénito de toda creación, porque en Él fueron creadas todas las cosas, las que hay en los cielos y las que hay en la tierra, visibles e invisibles, sean tronos, sean dominios, sean principados, sean potestades. Todo fue creado por medio de Él y para Él. Y Él es antes de todas las cosas, y todas las cosas en Él subsisten. Y Él es la cabeza del cuerpo que es la iglesia. Until the next time, my friends, grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today. <laughs>